Good Friday morning, everybody, and welcome on in to this morning's Freight Waves Now Community Spotlight. I'm Kaylee Nix here with Mary O'Connell. Today we are talking all things Cold Chain. She is our host and writer of Running on Ice. Mary, thank you for being here. Anytime, guys. I think it's very appropriate that Running on Ice is on Fridays because Friday is arguably the coolest day of the week, and we have the coolest community in freight as well. I agree with that absolutely wholeheartedly. And we've got another great topic for discussion today. And we're talking about e-commerce in the grocery store. And no, this doesn't necessarily just restrict itself to Instacart or to DoorDash or to the way that you typically think about e-com in the grocery store in relation to gig workers. It's a little bit bigger than that. Talk to us about a bit about your episode. So today we kind of get into the um, the finer nuances of, you know, that e-commerce aspect of the grocery store. And like you said, it's not necessarily just uh, DoorDash or Instacart or shipped if, if, if ship still exists. I don't know if it does or not. Moving on, um, the it's it's more common in you know that curbside pickup where you know that employee comes out, loads up your car, et cetera, et cetera. And so basically, we have we've talked to Fanonic before. Again, we talked to Dana Krug, um, and we talked about their you know special cooling system and kind of how those totes work. But today we dug into how do those to- totes actually. Um, how do those totes actually, you know, perform? What are those real life use cases of them? And turns out the grocery store is the answer to a lot of it. Um, and so basically it, if you're that associate going through the store and picking the order that someone has placed, you can take the frozen goods directly from the freezer, put them in this tote and it stays at that temperature. So that way you don't have to worry about if I'm picking a couple orders, how fast can I get them done before these popsicles or this ice cream or anything else loses its temperature or goes outside of, you know, its desired temperature controlled zone. So that way it kind of allows workers to pick more orders um, and stay much more efficient. And then also when it comes to delivering it, you know, most grocery stores try to have the deliveries done in five minutes, but sometimes you're there longer, sometimes you're there less. But they said that through a lot of this, the through specifically one partnership they've seen, they've worked with, they've seen those delivery times of, you know, goods coming out to your car drop down to as low as two to three minutes from the time that you pull up and say, like, I'm here to the time that your stuff is loaded and you drive away. And that kind of efficiency throughout the entire process is basically, it's the the next frontier of e-commerce is, okay, I have all these customers and I have all these products, but how do I efficiently get them to each other? I think about this from a couple different lenses. That first one being kind of the speed of the worker, right? And getting able to continually fulfill more orders and that ups productivity, which of course then is good news for the company implementing this. But I also think about it from an idea of waste, right? Nothing is more infuriating when you go and you pick up a grocery order and maybe that has one or two frozen items in it and you're like, man, I was really looking forward to these skinny cow ice cream sandwiches tonight. Oh my gosh, they're all completely and totally melted, right? That's infuriating and it ends up being a waste of money on the consumer and then it ends up being food waste as well. And so these Mm -hmm. types of of innovations are something that can help reduce waste on all sides. Is that another aspect that they're looking at when we're talking about implementing these types of solutions is that waste aspect? Oh, absolutely. It's that waste aspect and more than just the ways that you've talked about it. So you have the waste of food, which nobody wants to, nobody wants to do that. And I think the most recent stat I've seen is like 30% of all food is wasted because of errors in the supply chain. So 
don't love that number. Um, and then there's also, um, you know, the waste of the consumer like you, I've got is the cart delivery and my popsicles have been melted. So it's kind of hard to, you know, remelt or refreeze your bomb pops when they're all melted and the stick isn't even there anymore. It was a tragic day, but, um, <laughs> it's also down to that labor waste. So for example, it's, we all know that staffing is a little difficult right now, especially on the retail level. So because they have had stores that have been able to utilize these totes, they've been able to have people come in and work whenever they want um, or whenever they have the availability to. So whether it's, you know, 6 a.m. or the middle of the night, because these totes can keep everything at a specific temperature for a very long time, you don't have to worry about that freezer space that exists in those walk-ins, in those deep freezes. Um, and so that way it really kind of helps, you know, plan for schedule and labor and everything like that. Because on the flip side, nobody wants to go to the grocery store and then have to fight the like online order pickers to get to the same, like to get to your groceries. Like that's not fun. We've all done it. It's a very obnoxious, but the fact that you could remove a lot of that aspect from it by having people come and do everything like overnight, that is fantastic. Not only because, you know, you have them all in these totes and then the totes, obviously they come back and they're reused all the time, but it cuts down on the amount of time you need in the blast freezer. So if you're that worker delivering stuff out to the car and it's a rainy day, I don't have to go out, get completely soaked, putting stuff in people's car, come back in and pick out another order from the walk-in freezer, or I'm just wet and walking into freezers all day long. That's not fun. I wouldn't want to do it. I would probably quit that job that day. Um, but that, uh, because they're eliminating that need to go into that freezer or that walk-in, um, it's kind of also helping reduce the amount of turnover or waste on the labor front as well. Not only on the food chain and the energy consumption, it's kind of a win all the way around. So the last lens I want to talk about this in is the adoption of these big box stores and their ability to implement some of this technology, right? I think about like Walmart or Target or even like a wholesaler like Costco or Sam's Club. If they're looking to get into these things, you typically see folks walking around these particular stores either laden down if you're looking at the pickers, right? Laden down with lots of baskets of lots of orders and they're doing all of these things at one time. Walmart's got a pretty good system in place for it. Target was working with Shipt, which is why that uh, that comment brought this into the forefront of my mind. <laughs> but these bigger box retailers, these wholesalers have an opportunity here for this type of delivery. Do we see that maybe they start to get into this as well and really expedite that process? Again, if people using a wholesaler, not just for the price savings or for the bulk buying, but also now for this convenience? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is one of the things um, I would actually love to compare Sam's versus Costco because I know Sam's does a curbside pickup and Costco doesn't. So I would love to compare those two together. But I think especially for those big box retailers to not take advantage of something like this would be a huge miss, not only because of the things that we've talked about of the reduction of waste, the, um, it, the efficiency and, you know, the, redu the reduction of potential labor turnover. It's one of those that it almost seems like a no brainer and if it comes down to, okay, I need to go buy yet another freezer or a refrigerator to sit at the front of the store or like the grocery store, it's a regional grocery store by me. They had to take out their customer service counter and move it to like a check stand where um, to, to accommodate extra fridges and, and freezers and shelving for those kind of Instacart and those e-commerce pickups. So if there's a way to kind of 
you know, reduce the amount of space it takes up in a store. Absolutely. It's, it's a game changer. It's, it's giving those customer service things back and it's making it less of, okay, well, you're an inconvenience still shopping in the store versus choosing this e-commerce option because there's a time and a place for both. But I also hate when I go to the grocery store and I have to fight people that are picking the online e-commerce orders. It's to the point where like, I will just go when I know they're statistically not working, which means that I'm not necessarily getting all of the the groceries that I want because it might be sold out or not restocked for the day. Um, So it's really, I mean, it's it's something that a lot of people should be adopting. (laughs) And it's definitely a new frontier when it comes to the world of how we choose to get our groceries. Mary, when it comes to the show coming up later on this afternoon, where can people go to get that and the newsletter as well? Well, just keep watching YouTube right here. You can subscribe to Freight Waves on YouTube. Make sure to get that notification bell so you catch all of our new shows. And then if you want to watch, if you want to read the newsletter that comes out later today, uh, both the newsletter and the show come out at 2 p.m. So I would recommend watching the show and then we'll read in the newsletter to see what happens. All right, Mary, thank you for joining us. We, of course, will talk to you next week and have a great weekend. Thank you, guys.